Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode here on Sticks and Bones with your ghost host, Chelsea and 10. And we're doing a spooky episode today. But before we get into it, hi, 10. How are you? I am great. I cannot wait to talk about the spooky spookiness, all the spookies today. Um, I'm actually looking out my window right now at thy little cemetery that is covered in snow right now. And I can't think of a better way to kind of, you know, dive into this episode. I am it's, really excited. It's, it's been a while since we've done something. I can't talk today. So- <laughs> since we've done something paranormal. Um, this is our first paranormal of season three, but it is going to be a little bit of like stories we've told before, but with a little bit of a twist. It's campfire story time, ladies and gents of the jury. So gather around because the crones are back. Set up a fire, light a candle, and get in some comfy, clo- cozy clothes. And we're just going to tell some like spooky, scary skeleton stories. I know. It's also been, well, Ten just said it's been snowing here, which I'm so thankful for because yes. it hadn't snowed last year. And I was like, hello, I live on the East Coast. I want some snow. So like, I'm really in the mood to like sit down and just mm-hmm. rehash some like really crazy spiritual encounters and why spiritual protection is so important when you're doing tarot so you know <laughs> you know i know and mood yeah a little a little a little tease if you will but no it's so interesting because i know chelsea and myself have been getting a lot of questions comments you know throughout social media channels and everything wondering you know when are we getting back on the haunted mansion ride um everybody's been you know asking you know since you have a cemetery in your backyard like blah 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 so yes we will be touching on everything and yeah it's it's feeling very wintry it's feeling very cold uh but yeah I'm excited Well, I have a question for you before we start, um, because we do have quite a bit to talk about today. We're not only going to be sharing our own stories, but I do have a ghost host hotline, which by the way, if you're interested in submitting to the ghost host hotline, whether you need advice, we don't give spiritual advice here. Okay. So I just want to make that clear. But if you want to share a ghost story or you need like life advice, you can email us at sticksandbones.cmc at gmail.com. And there's a chance that we'll read your anonymous submitted story on the podcast. And today this listener, your story got chosen because it fits perfectly. But um, mm-hmm. I had a question for you because when we get to my story, my story is really about, you know, the consequence of not doing protection with divination. Now, when the ancients, when they were doing any sort of necromancy, did they carry protection on them? I'm just, I'm just trying to prove a point. Yes. It wasn't so much protection that you would see today in a sense of any, um, you know, in the, in our last episode, we talked about apotropaic devices. We talked about, you know, superstitions, um, some sort of charms that you might have. But the ancients weren't exactly, you know, lighting a candle, do, casting a circle, as we've talked about in uh, season two. But what the ancients carried, and you can check out our necromancy and spirit communication episode. I'm blanking on the number right now. But if you check that out, you'll actually witness that the ancients would carry swords on them when they were summoning the dead, rising shades from the underworld. And that was because the metals of the time actually had almost supernatural qualities because the bronze, iron, anything like that was believed to protect you from spirits. And of course, Chelsea and I's favorite thing is milk so that you could flick it at the ghosts so that they would leave and go back to where they came from beyond. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's a reason why I'm highlighting this because I got I got a lot of questions when we posted this episode. I believe it's like in the 40s and like 10s referencing something that happened in episode two. And people were like, do you actually need spiritual protection when you're going to go do divination? And mm-hmm. my que- my answer is yes. I don't know why we would ever reach out to the spiritual plane without any protection because I also got like a really good question of like, who are you talking to when you're doing a tarot reading? You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. I want to talk about this a little bit because I think it goes perfectly into at least my story for today. Um, Yeah. It depends. Like some people say it's your subconscious. I usually talk to my ancestors or a specific spirit that is around me that I know is divining with me. So you have to make sure you have protection set when you go and do these things. Like whether it be, you know, I wear a lot of people mistake it as a cross. I wear a dagger around my neck. That's gold um, for spiritual mm-hmm. protection when I'm doing necromancy or spirit communication, um, just anything to protect myself. So just word to the wise, you know, I've been practicing divination for over 10 years. You definitely need protection. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, even the ancients wild tarot is more modern or from the early modern period, I would say. Um, you know, the ancients were divining, doing their own sort of thing. And they had their own protections, or at least the priests and or priestesses, oracles as well, that they were approaching already had kind of their own protections in a sense. No, absolutely. So like, like I said, I've been getting that question a lot. Do you really need protection during tarot? And you're going to get varying answers depending on, you know, who you see online. But I, I always recommend it, if not protection from like random spirits and entities outside of your own, at least protection from the energy that you are encountering so that you're not so like ungrounded with yourself and you know what you're doing. Um, so just, just be careful, everybody. Just be, beware the ghosts. Oh, I mean, taking it, taking it out of tarot or divination for a hot sec, you know, Chelsea and I grew up in, you know, well, I'm a 93 baby. So we grew up kind of at the beginning of like the internet when like everything was coming up we all had AOL uh chats all of that kind of stuff and growing up it's kind of like not having like parental control settings on the internet where you were going on chat roulette and just seeing absolutely just everything and anything and how would you protect that today well a lot of websites can be flagged you can have parental controls on it but kind of think of it that way if you grew up and you're around Chelsea and I's age you might hark back to you know just talking to absolute strangers who were not who they said that they were and yeah just think about that a little bit oh yeah like I talked about this on another episode a long time ago but I was literally the wild wild west in the 2000s going into AOL chat rooms and people would ask you age sex and location ASL like that was like the lingo and my parents didn't know and thankfully nothing I never did anything like I would just go in and be like tee and then like run out and be like well it's scary (laughs) but when my brother was born my dad really cracked down on the internet he's very tech savvy and they still have parental controls like I randomly typed in I think I was looking for like something to do with like bikinis like I was looking for a new bathing suit and I went to go click on a website and it was flagged for nudity and I'm like are you guys serious like I'm trying to get on Victoria's Secret like come on (laughs) flagged for nudity (laughs) it was flagged for nudity and my dad was like oh my bad like that shouldn't have made it in like the filter and I'm like I'm just trying to look for Christmas for like new pajamas and like things like that things for the girls like yeah like everyone knows underwear socks bras like that's a staple for women Mm -hmm. for Christmas or the holidays like man I went to go look and it was like banned for nudity and I'm like oh shit (laughs) We have your location. We're sending the SWAT team. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's strict around here. But yeah, it's it's giving like the same 
energy. But should I just talk about my story since we're like on this topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go right into yours. I think that fits fits beautifully. It does. Okay. So I told this story a while ago in like episode 40. I think I was trying to find it, but we have a lot of new people here. Um, Ten and I are in HD now on video, like with the podcast. So like, we're like, we're going to, we're going to redo some things and, and add to it. So when I was younger, okay, I joined like a spiritual Facebook group and I was like one of the moderators and the spiritual Facebook group was for people that were super beginner in anything. Mm -hmm. Like we were asking, what does Rose Quartz mean? You know what I mean? Like it was very, very, very beginner. It's actually the Facebook group where I met 10, which is crazy. <laughs> like absolutely. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely insane. So I was a moderator and I was a medium at the time. So a lot of people would come to me for readings, tarot readings, et cetera. Like I had a, I had a uh, store at the time and my little Etsy shop, shout out crystal moon clarity. She was a real one with, with the pink moon, the pink moon of it all. Yeah. So like, if you ever see our email and it's crystal moon clarity, that is still from like my old, old Etsy store before 10 and I even went to business together. It's, she holds a special place in my heart. Um, now we're sticks and bones, but anyway, I don't even know what that, that meant. Crystal and clarity. Like, why did I come up with that? I don't know. You know, I've always wanted to ask you that. And like, I remember your OG, um, logo and everything. And I'm just like, why the name with this color palette? Like you compare it to sticks and bones now. And it's like, who, who is she? I don't know. I actually have the notebook where I was, uh, it's actually sitting right next to me of when I was, uh, discovering business names for myself. And man, the list was just really not great. Like It was just not good. I opened no. up yesterday and I'm like, girl, but cause you know, you don't know. I had like no inspiration anyway, besides the point, Chelsea, get back on track. So I was like a moderator of this Facebook group and one of the girls in the group, my friend, she was like, Hey, my friend's having like uh, a problem in their house. And like, I was the only one that was really a medium and practicing witchcraft. So, um, they came to me and they were like, she's having an issue in her house with like a spirit. So I'm like, okay, here I come. Like, I have no experience in this. What the fuck? So I'm, I'm going to fix the problem with my rose quartz. Um, so the girl, like I get her number and she, she texts me and she's like, Hey, she's like, I really think I have like a demon inhabiting my space because I can hear it and feel it and demonic energy. If you've ever felt it, and I'm not saying demons are evil. They're just extremely malevolent types of spirits. So they want to scare you. They're trying to cause chaos, et cetera, et cetera. She was like, I have a demon in my house. It's talking to me, whatever. So what do I do? I go, Oh, let me, let me check the energy of your home. I whip out my tarot deck. I have no protection set. I did not even cleanse my space. I have no protections period in my house. Like besides my, uh, black tourmaline, I think that was on my windowsill. Just one piece, just the wild west, just on a hope and prayer and dream. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I will own up to it. Like I was like so naive. Um, because I grew up like when I first started in the love and light community of thinking like nothing can touch me. It's my own free will. No, my world keeps crashing <laughs> down. So anyway, I'm pulling cards. Okay. These are the cards that I'm getting the worst, the tower, the devil, no. the seven no. of swords, like Ugh. anything that you could possibly think of that was bad. So then I'm like, okay, like you definitely have something bad here and I'm getting ready to like text her back. And I'm a medium, right? Um, remember, so I'm I'm sensitive to energies. I feel the energy in my in my space completely shift, like completely shift. I had a chill up my spine, and I was like, and I it was laughing at me, 
because it had targeted me. Like I had opened myself up to it by reading it. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing divination on the spirit. It's coming, knocking on my door and I'm at home with my parents. (laughs) I let a demon loose in the house, like literally. So I'm panicking. I couldn't even send the text message to this girl. I literally only have incense sticks to cleanse. I don't even know what I'm doing. Be careful who your children are inviting inside. (laughs) Like my parents are asleep. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm doing this in the middle of the night to make it scarier. Like middle of the night, my parents had just gone to bed. My dad had just come home from work. My brother was home from college. All I'm thinking about is how I endangered my whole fucking family. Well, the whole thing. So... (laughs) it's just the story just gets better with age because I look back and I'm like girl so now I'm crying I'm I'm sobbing in the core and I'm crying and I'm like literally sitting in the I'm on the floor sobbing with my cards in my hands being like I don't know what to do I don't know what happened I was like you have to get up like you have to do something because it's gonna go like it was showing me how it was gonna go in my parents room like I kid you not I was getting messages from this thing so I take my incense stick and I start swirling it around my space it's not leaving it's not going anywhere I'm telling it to get out meanwhile I'm crying like a soft girl I'm like get out of my space the demon's just laughing like not that convincing (laughs) no not at all like it definitely was like this is fucking fun like I was a good time that day so then all of a sudden (laughs) all of a sudden okay it was Archangel Michael now you guys know I heavily call on Saint Michael in my Italian folk practice I had just started like dabbling into like a little bit more of Catholicism in this sense at the time and I started with Saint Michael I swear to God something took these this demon by its like throat and chucked it out my window like I felt the energy go whoosh right out my Mm -hmm. window and it never came back but for days after that I was terrified I couldn't go to sleep I'd slept with all the lights on no and I kept pulling cards every night well well, first the first thing I did was I did a protection spell Mm -hmm. I opened up my wicked book of spells because as everyone does on Amazon they get the wiccan book and I did a protection spell and I asked St. Michael to help me and then I did tarot again to make sure it was gone and it kept saying every night my my space was clear but I I couldn't sleep for like a month for a whole month it's terrible time right you're just walking around your house like a lighthouse keeper like checking locks and doors and everything Oh yeah. And then like the next morning I wake up and my mom's like, Oh, let's have a girl's day. And I'm like shaking because I think I'm afraid to leave the house. Cause I'm, I'm like, there's a demon in there still probably like I fucked up. I knew it had gone, but it was just like the PTSD of like, my mom's trying to take me out to lunch and I'm like, everything's fine. Everything's under control. The girls go to lunch and summon demons. <laughs> yeah, literally get you a girl who does both. Oh my God. I I'm having like war flashbacks thinking about it. Like it terrified me. Yeah. I don't mean to laugh. (laughs) No, no, it's okay. It's funny now because it was literally so long ago, but what did I think was going to happen? My rose quartz was going to protect me like girl. And you know what, you know what deck I was using 10. This is why I can't use this deck anymore. The ethereal visions tarot deck. That's the golden one, right? Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. I had to put it, it's, it's, I can't use the tarot deck anymore. Cause that is what I used. She's on the IR. Out. Yeah. I, every time I look at it, I'm like, mm, I still can't mm. pick that deck up. You're on the bench girl. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, 
for those of you that wonder why do I like to now talk to demons and do paranormal stuff, this is why, but it started off with a really scary experience. And then I realized like happy ending you can. And now I banish spirits from people's homes professionally. Like I literally do it as a service. Um, and I've encountered demons. Like we talked about Vampa, uh, the Vampa museum I went to things like that, but now, now I'm just the girl that comes in and punches all the spirits in the face that need to leave. So, but back then, man, I was scared. <laughs> it was a very scary time. The girls were not girling back then. No, no. Anyway, so these are my stories. Gung, 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 gung. <laughs> and I know, and I know I've talked about it before, but I'm like, I think it's just a good reminder, like not to scare anybody, but make sure that you have, don't read on people unless you have, you feel good about it. Like, I missed all these red flags. Like my whole body was like, don't do this. And I did it anyway. You know, your whole body was like, no. And you're like, but hear me out. Yes. But yeah, hear I'm me sure out. Red's my favorite color. I'm sure St. Michael was standing in my room like, and I'm going to watch her do this whole thing. And I'm going to have to clean it up. <laughs> like, and that's the thing. He will let you, he'll put you through these trials and tribulations. Like he let me panic for a second before he got rid of that thing. So to really bring, be like, this was dangerous. Like, like you've touched the hot stove when I told you not to do that. And I did it. Did it anyway. Had to learn for myself if it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So that was my story. Um, careful, careful with the energy you're reading on my friends. Yeah. If you run into anything like that, all the red flags are digging off. Careful. <laughs> yeah. Listen to your intuition. Everyone's always like, oh, I need someone to coach me to my intuition. I need my intuition. No, no, no. You know, when you're encountering a huge red flag and like, just listen to it, even spiritually, like take it out of the physical for a second. If you're doing something and it doesn't feel right, then do not do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Listen to your gut. Listen to your gut. It'll never steer you wrong. Now, young Chelsea didn't listen to her gut and she has trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, now I've become like the, the spirit slayer where I'm like, in order to heal my trauma, I now have to go in and kick them out of everyone else's house. Like, you know what I mean? Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer style. Mm-hmm. Oh my anyway. God. This reminds me a uh, little, little side tangent before we jump into Crazy Adventures with 10. Um, I was watching something online. I, was, I forgot to send it to you, but it was like this tattoo artist who was like, yeah, I had a client come up to me who said that they wanted like a Demon Slayer tattoo. And they thought it was like anime and everything. And they're like, awesome. I can't wait to do this. And then the Demon Slayer image was Michael. <laughs> Oh my God. That is so well, did they, they obviously wanted it to be Michael. Oh, the, the, they I'm did. Sorry. Yeah. The, the, the person, the tattoo artist had it. something in mind. Um, when the client said, Hey, I want a demon slayer. Yeah, they tattoo. thought it they're would like, be cool. Yeah. They're like, awesome. I guess I would get myself in trouble. Not that he's not cool, but I know you mean like anime, like, yeah, like something awesome. Yeah. No, they wanted like high Renaissance Michael. <laughs> Oh my God. But it's just so funny that they referred to him as like, I get it. But like, I also think of anime when I hear like a demon slayer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Not Renaissance artwork of St. Michael. (laughs) No, not that. Uh, not the Renaissance, uh, the OG demon slayer. Yeah. A quick hot take from 10 is I don't care for the Renaissance (laughs) as an art historian. I don't. (laughs) I do have to say, I don't like that artwork of him. Um, why did they make him look like a young boy? I think it was like, just like the time period. Also, it depends on the artist as well. So like, what are they looking at? Who are their models? And a lot of, especially like sculptors during this time period are looking at sculpture from 
antiquity. So like Greco-Roman sculpture. So they're seeing that beauty in the white marble and being like, I need to recreate white marble, but a little side tangent again, all the marble statues from the ancient world were painted. So people in the Renaissance and like later Baroque were like, no, no, only white. Yeah. I, I like both. I kind of like the, I like that everything was painted, but I also kind of like the all white, like clean look, you know what I mean? Where like the pillars Mm -hmm. are just all white. Like something about it is very like ethereal and heavenly to me, I guess. I don't know why. Maybe that's what they were going for. Um, But yeah, that, that photo of Michael really like, I look at that and I'm like, oh, that's not really how I interpret that, but okay. All right. Who am I to say? Who am I to say? I am not the artist. Who am I to say? Who am I to go up against the uh, Renaissance masters? I'm just the girl (laughs) accidentally letting demons in her house. Who am I? I have no qualifications at this point. Leave me alone. (laughs) And mom, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. I still don't think she knows the story. Um, My dad, I told you, he found out about the story because of that podcast episode. And he texted me like, are you kidding me? (laughs) I was like, don't worry. It was fixed years ago. It's good now. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. No one has to talk about it. Okay. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't got to talk about it. No, we don't. Um, all right. So my scary story, uh, since now we have better equipment, better microphones, better pizza, Papa John's, um, I get to kind of rehash the story of mine from episode two, because we were still just like screaming into our laptops at that point mm-hmm. as young podcasting gal pals. Um, and this one, this story actually happened, oh, geez, a few years ago by this point now, like I want to say at least like four or five plus. I wonder if we had this experience in the same year. I don't remember what year mine was, but it was a long time ago. I'm like, yeah, it was. Yeah, I wasn't in this house. I'll tell you that. But so I was asleep. I don't remember what time of year it was. I'm with age. I'm losing my mind. No, it's Um, called scared. Being scared straight. You don't remember where you are in the world. (laughs) So I knew I was in my apartment and I was with Kevin at that time, which doesn't really narrow it down anymore. But so I'm in bed falling asleep and we are going to be talking about, you know, sleep paralysis and all of that fun stuff, just girly things. So I'm dead asleep and doodly doodly do just streaming, inhale, exhale, sleeping fine, counting sheep, all of the good news. And Kevin is dead asleep next to me, right? Window, high moon is outside. And then all of a sudden, you know, like when you're, you're not dreaming, but you're in like that deep, almost like comatose sleep. And it's just like, you're in just like a black abyss, but it's like that restful abyss. Yes. So I was in that. And then all of a sudden I'm laying there and I hear like, I feel hot breath in my right ear. Now that, that is, I've experienced that too. And that is the last straw for me. When you, when you feel hot breath that where's the breath coming from? You don't have lungs. I don't know. And uh, for those wondering, let me set the scene for you. I sleep on the right side of the bed. So my right ear, there is nothing next to it. Voodoo. I don't know where she was at this point. She might've been in between Kevin and I, Um, but there is nothing next to me. It could not have been Kevin. He was rolled over and snoring. So I'm waking up like when you're awake, but your body's awake, but your eyes aren't open yet. So I'm like awake. Cause I'm like, Oh fuck. Something's breathing in my ear, hot breath. Like you can feel it. Like you feel the dampness in your ear. It's the breath that when it caresses your ear, it is leaving goosebumps down your spine. It is that kind of breath. So I'm just like, okay, like, let me, let me just do some breathing. Maybe, maybe it's just me. And then I wake up and I cannot move from anything. 
I cannot move. I cannot even open my mouth to inhale or exhale. I cannot even scream. And during this time, I'm just kind of laying here, like being like, oh my God, what the, am I stuck somewhere? And feeling everything on you. Like you can feel like the blankets on you. You feel like every individual fiber on Mm -hmm. you. And I'm just looking around and in like this corner of my bedroom is just utter darkness. And then all of a sudden it just gets so like heavy, like a cinder block is being pressed on my chest. So I am literally like feeling like I'm being like Darth Vader, like force choked. And I'm looking, trying to turn my head to like, try and like signal to Kevin, like, wake up. Your wife is fighting for her fucking life. And he's just turned over on his side. Just me, 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 me. like sound asleep, unbothered, just a man dead asleep. No care in the world. Let me ask you, why do men, why do men, why do men never get this? dead asleep doesn't even care I think he actually had like the snore where it's like an even like deeper snore Mm -hmm. and like settled back and meanwhile I'm like fighting like world war three next to me like truly what the book of revelations talks about next to him and he's just like nah can't be bothered so I'm just waiting and waiting and I'm like maybe it'll pass maybe it'll pass and I don't know why my nerdy ass brain was like hmm let me think of everything in history about what could this possibly be And then my mind was flashing through everything that I had to study for my master's uh, compositional exams. And I remember during the uh, early modern period, which encapsulates in art, like the Renaissance, the Baroque, that kind of stuff. During, I think, the end of the tail end of the Renaissance into the Baroque period, um, there's a few images, a few paintings, I'm sorry, of women who actually have like this beast on their chest, sitting on them. And I was trying to like scroll through this in my brain. And I'm just like, okay, like it could be like sleep paralysis demon. But then all of a sudden it just like ended. And then as soon as I realized, I think what it could have been, that's when everything vanished. That's really interesting. Um, And I was just like, really interesting. I, I didn't know at that point if it was like, because, you know, we always say on this podcast, you know, elsewhere, like with knowledge comes power in a sense and like power is power, but knowledge is also power. So I don't know if it was like, well, maybe this is what the people hundreds of years ago were talking about. And once like you kind of understand whatever is happening or a concept of what is happening, maybe that like took me out of it. I have no idea, but I don't know. Yeah. Further investigating like sleep paralysis. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, scholarship by doctors, scientists um, out there who they think it's something with your brain where it kind of like loops and then like it doesn't realize what's real and what's like fantasy or fiction because you're still stuck in a dream. Mm -hmm. But they also don't know really what causes that loop. And of course, they are drawing upon, you know, what philosophers and scholars back in the early modern period were also believing as well of why are these you know sleep paralysis demons you can say are like kind of sitting upon young women and like what why I don't know I I find like with and sleep paralysis is tough because sometimes it is just sleep paralysis but I feel like in this case it actually was some form of entity because you saw it um because I've seen crazy things in sleep paralysis I had a friend that saw uh the flying monkeys from Wizard of Us Jesus <laughs> <good> no. <laughs> tell me that's not the scariest thing you've ever heard 
Sky, my pretty sky. Yes. Like, Jesus. She, like, uh, was really sick. And you know, like, when you're sleeping a certain way, it sometimes triggers. Like, for me, if I sleep on my back with my hand up, it triggers my sleep paralysis. Like, I know exactly what it is that triggers oh. my sleep paralysis. Yeah, so if you sleep a certain way. And I was talking about this with her like a long time ago. And she was like, I was so sick. And like the first thing that I saw in my sleep paralysis was the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz. And that is a nightmare to me. Like, have a good day. They're terrifying. Yeah, bye. No, no. But I feel like in your case, like, because I've encountered demons and I want to make this very clear. I'm not saying they're evil. They just are very malevolent. Like people get upset when I talk about demons sometimes. I'm like, I'm talking about the lesser demons that are malevolent. Like they're here to be malevolent. That's what they do. Um, They want to be known. Like they do kind of have like this weird ego about them where it's like they want to be known. And then like it always kind of screws them over because then you know what it is and you're like, okay, well now I know how to deal with this. Yeah. And like, I mean, sleep paralysis has happened after this, like, I think like maybe once or twice since then, but it's never had like the breath aspect. And to this day, I will never forget that breath. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know, like in sleep paralysis, usually like I've seen things where it was like, I was being choked by an entity, but it wasn't actually like anything. It was just me being in like sleep paralysis. Yeah, I have, I have encountered the sleep paralysis demon though another time by myself. Like exactly what you said is what I experienced in mm-hmm. a different way a long, 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 long time ago when I was living in my old apartment. And that like it's hard to differentiate like what is sleep paralysis and what is actually like the entity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And no, I think you brought up a really interesting point with like not, of course, not all demons are you know horrible, you know, deadly, anything like that. Especially when you think, of course, once again, the root word being from daemon daemones and greek so it's coming from that where even the ancients were like no they can be good they can be neutral they can be bad they can be chaotic good chaotic bad chaotic neutral like they can truly be anything they're just aspects of energy that work in their own ways yeah so that's why it makes sense to me when people interpret them differently like that's why you'll have some people say that demons are evil like if you look at christian faith but not everybody believes that i don't believe that you know what i mean like um someone got really upset people got really upset when I was talking about my experience at the vampa museum and how like (laughs) the demon was malevolent and like annoying and I'm like yeah because they can be I'm talking about these lesser demons that like that's what they do um they're here to be chaotic sometimes yeah you can make alliances with them that's a story for another day but you know there are there is malevolent energy out there I mean we we have to be honest about that I mean if there's good there's gonna be the opposite yeah, of course. So I don't know. About- I, I, who could say? Who could say? Just two girls. <laughs> Just two girls sharing our experiences. But yeah, that's why like when I encounter such types of entities, there's no reasoning with them sometimes. Like I always go to reasoning with them first, but then they're just like mm-hmm. trying to be assholes. And it's like, okay, well, you know what? I've tried. And, and now I have to call St. Michael because you're pissing me off. And now I'm going to get God involved. Um, No, absolutely. And it was so funny because after everything like cleared away that night, I like shook Kevin awake and you know like for anybody out there like when you have a a dream that like your spouse or partner like cheats on you and then you wake up in like a hissy puffy mood yes that is how I felt waking Kevin up of like why did you not save me and he was just like what's going on and I was just like I was fighting for my fucking life like it was World War Z over here and you were just in snoozeville so when the apocalypse happens I'm dipping I'm dropping you Kev (laughs) that's right that's why the girls have to call on St. Michael or another form of protection because 
You know, it's so funny to me because it's like, why didn't he go for Kevin? Not that I wish that on Kevin, but it's like, do they just <laughs> sit and think like, no, that one. I'm going for Eeny, the girls. Meanie, miney, you. <laughs> this one's for the girls, the girly pops. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. The girls can have the demonic encounter. I'm not going to, don't let yeah. the men know of my, my, um, existence is basically what I was yeah. trying to say. Can't let the men know that the women are talking with the demons. Yeah. But exactly. consorting with the demons and the old gods to get what we want. <laughs> but speaking of consorting with who knows what, do you want to bring us into our ghost host hotline? I do. I do. I've been waiting a damn minute to bring us into this ghost host hotline because we're not the only ones that have had paranormal experiences. And once again, like I said, this is why I enjoy talking about these things because the more you talk to people about your weird encounters, the more you realize a lot of people have had a similar experience. Um, Mm -hmm. I love talking about paranormal encounters with random people and then realizing they've had them too. Okay, so this is why we have the Ghost Host Hotline. So if you need to unburden yourself from a paranormal encounter, let us know. Um, we can't diagnose things for you or give you, uh, you know, some safe spiritual advice via podcast. But if you do have issues with you need help or advice, Ten and I do offer readings. So like, keep that in mind. Um, that would be this, we would need like cards and we would have to commune, commune with the spirits, consort with the spirits to see what's going on. Okay. So it's a little bit of a long story. So I'm going to try to paraphrase as best as I can. Um, so I'm, they already apologize. Sorry for the long story. Um, I saw your Instagram story and figured I would reach out to share my story on the Ghostos hotline. So again, if you want to submit one, it's sticksandbones.cmc at gmail.com. Just submit your story. For a little context, my family was living in South Jersey at the time, and we have generations upon generations of history there. At the time of this occurrence, I was no old older than three or four and was staying at my grandparents as they lived down the street from us. My great-grandmother had passed 13 months after I was born, so we never really had the chance to experience each other, especially because she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, she declined before her passing. I'm sorry about that. Even though we hadn't had much time together, we did meet, and the house my grandparents stayed in was her former home. When I was a young toddler, I had started seeing that um, what we still believed is her. I would stand at the bottom of the steps and hysterically cry saying, um, I lost my, damn it, I lost my spot. (laughs) Okay. What are you going to do? Back up. I would stand at the bottom of the steps and hysterically cry saying I couldn't go up there. The old woman was going to get me. So like a toddler is saying this. No, this is why I can't be a parent. This is like. You know, and I truly think kids are like way more sensitive and then they lose it at a certain age, but they, they do see some crazy things sometimes. I mean, hysterics, crying, screaming. If my family wouldn't carry me up the steps, I used to crawl over their shoulder and launch myself back down the steps. I was terrified. Wow. And it's, it's crazy that you're recalling this from like a three or four year old's memory, you know, Uh huh. that's how, you know, it's like you had some sort of like, that is some real fear. Yeah. Shortly after I began seeing her, other members of my family started to as well. Both of my aunts have accounts of seeing her in that house, specifically upstairs. My grandmother reached out to a psychic she had found on TV at the time, which I love that that. (laughs) because like back in like the 2000s and the 90s, like, where were you getting a psychic? You were calling like the California psychics hotline. Do you remember that? 
I don't remember that hotline, but I remember those like TV shows. It was like the psychic Dr. Phil version or like Mm -hmm. the medium Dr. Phil. And it was so weird. Like it was like a like massive like conference room and like, yeah, people were calling in. Like it was so weird. What a time to be alive. So weird. What a time to be alive. Like QVC, just order a psychic. Okay. Um, (laughs) So the psychic she found a, a psychic on TV who told her to walk around the house with white candles and tell the spirit to leave. And sh- then she was not welcome. After that, we never saw her again. Oh, see mm-hmm. me being like, oh, I kind of feel bad for the spirit. Was it okay? <laughs> Did it need a snack on its way up? However, we always had experiences, footsteps when no one was walking around, hearing voices, nails on the hardwood after my childhood dog had passed. Every house we moved into, it followed. Fast forward to earlier this year, and I was getting ready to move out of my parents with my boyfriend. Um, We just got approved for an apartment, and we were getting ready for move-out day. About three weeks before we moved out, I heard a woman say, hey, and I thought it was my mother waking me up thinking I had missed work. I woke up, and no one was there, and I jumped. (laughs) The next week, the same thing happened. A woman's voice saying, hey, in the middle of the night, and that's it. Oh, I just got the chills. No. You imagine being woken up by a hey, and then you wake up and nobody's there? No, immediately, no. This is this is scary. This is a wild story. Okay, I got to keep going. Man. Okay. Um, The following week, the same thing. But this time when I looked, I saw a young woman, maybe around 25, 30 years old, dressed up in a fringed flapper dress, hairpin curls. She didn't say anything else. And I didn't either. Um, this person said it was a calming energy and they weren't scared. In fact, I rolled over and went back to sleep. Um, following that week, I had an extreme sleep paralysis episode that was terrifying. Oh my God. We just talked about this. Mm-hmm. I woke up to a loud, loud growl in my ear. And when I opened my eyes, it was a pitch black dog that was laying on my chest. Didn't you just say this happened to you? Mm-hmm. Ten's like, oh, I'm reliving, I'm having war flashbacks. <laughs> I'm hearing was, the helicopters. I was completely frozen and terrified. I slept with the lights on after that. Girl, same, literally same. <laughs> I get that. And went to see a local psychic who ended up scamming me out of a few hundred dollars, claiming that oh, there was sorry. something in my house that needed to be banished, but she needed over a thousand more to place in the baneful spell. Okay. What? I go. We'll get, we'll get to that. We, we have some words. Yeah, I have some words. As someone who does this like for a living, that's crazy. Anyway, I ghosted her and since moving out, have salt in my apartment corners with no ex- uh, corners with no experiences in the apartment at all. Do you have any advice, suggestions? What do you think it was? Thank you, ghost hosts. Well, damn, where to begin? You did say that um, you did have experiences with like, you you always knew there was a dog there and a woman. So uh, maybe they knew you were moving out and wanted to show themselves to you. Maybe yeah. they're unhappy you're moving out. I don't know. Yeah, the the calming energy of the woman seems like, okay, like definitely like ancestor, maybe just kind of like check it in duly bop that kind of stuff but the sleep paralysis demon or the sleep paralysis that you experienced um i think with a lot of times um stress can play a huge factor into that um so again a little mundane before magical but like the seeing of everything kind of like take tally of when are they when are these showing up and like what was like the immediate afterwards like what what did you do immediately after kind of deal because i think that will also help 
Yeah. Also like take note if you're having the same experience over and over again. So for example, like my parents' house, um, I grew up with a spirit that lived in it and we all had the same experiences in the house. And like, she wasn't anything malevolent. I've talked about her on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, and I was so quick to write it off as like, okay, I think I'm just scared of the basement, but no, there was something in the basement. Like, and, and when I became a medium, yeah. I realized that, you know what I mean? But it's like, take, if, if you have these experiences again, and this is to anybody, um, obviously make sure it's mundane before paranormal, because sometimes it's like, if you eat too much sugar before you go to bed, you have weird dreams that happens to me. Oh uh, yeah. I can't eat sugar before I go to bed. Um, or if I'm like drinking wine, like I'll have nightmares that night. So just take note of like, is it reoccurring? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And are other people having the same? Um, do you have any advice on, um, I guess for the new apartment, like how do you, how you would protect yourself? If you're saying you don't have any activity in your apartment, then you're fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other than that, you know, we talk a little bit about like different apotropaic devices on the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to hang like certain charms, um, you want a statue or something there to also protect you. Um, you could do, you know, anything like that, have, you know, anything that makes you feel like comfortable and stuff, uh, cleanse certain ways, but yeah, ultimately I would kind of like do what you would normally do in a new space and then kind of see if anything happens from there. Yeah, that's what I would do. Okay, I really quickly, because Ted, I know you have a story. I want to go um, to, oh, by the way, before we move on, protections can be really simple. Like Ted just said, we did a whole episode on last week on apotropaic imagery from like the Mediterranean that is open for anybody to use. So mm-hmm. um, the reason why we share these things is because not everybody likes to practice witchcraft and um, it can be hard sometimes to do that if you're not interested. So if you want things to protect you. You know, I highly recommend, like she just said, to go back to those other episodes because those are very simple and they're, no one would know, you know what I mean? That's why they're there. Yeah. Also like be kind of like forceful, like, so going off of the fact of like, how do I like make sure like protection, like you can also like set boundaries in a sense, because as we all know here, my backyard is a cemetery mm-hmm. and I actually had a question about like, do I have any activity in my house? And yes, while my house is new construction, there's footsteps up and down all the time in this house. And it got to the point in May where my parents were in one room, my sister and brother-in-law were in another room. They thought the other, one of the others was walking and going to the bathroom at night. And they didn't go out and check, but they were just like, oh, mom's up going to the bathroom. And my mom was like, oh, Tara's up and is going to the bathroom. Nobody was up and going to the bathroom. So like, Anytime, like, what was it, a few nights ago, like, there was so much, like, up and down, and you can tell the difference between footsteps and, like, kitty cats going up and down, and it got to the point where I am such a light sleeper that I woke up and was like, enough, please, I'm trying to sleep, like, please just pick a floor and stay on it, like, you're done, yeah, you can be commanding. You can set boundaries for sure. And I always recommend that you do set boundaries with any spirit, even ancestors, things like that. Like boundaries are really important in spirit work and communication. And um, even if you just have a spirit that you're coinciding, like you're co-living with and it's here, tell them they can't enter certain rooms or do certain things. Like that's, I don't want a spirit in my bathroom when I'm showering. Like I don't need a spirit watching me go to the bathroom. Like I don't need a spirit in my bedroom. I don't need a spirit in my kitchen. Um, We don't need to be doing this, you know? So we don't need to be having spirits 
clink clunking up and down the stairs at 3 a.m. No, this is sleep time. Mm-mm. No, no, we, we got to get our sleep because we got to work to pay for this house. So you guys go back to the cemetery. Okay, you party yeah. over there. Yeah, you can stay here. Pick a floor. Pick somebody Sorry, it's else. cold out. Sorry, it's cold out. <laughs> like, damn. Are you paying okay. the bills? Quit slamming shit. <laughs> um. I'm sorry about the psychic who scammed you out of a few hundred dollars. Yeah, be careful. My advice to you is because I do do paranormal diagnoses, diagnosis for people. One, please make sure these people are talking about their experiences publicly mm-hmm. and outwardly. Um, why go to somebody that doesn't practice certain things that you're looking for or is not talking about it or educating on it? You need to go to people who are educating on it or talking about or showing them actually doing it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I know that's why a lot of people come to us for cathonic stuff because Ted and I are outwardly showing, like, we're proficient in Mediterranean superstition and Hellenism and certain ancient magical practices. So that's my advice for anything. Um, and uh, you can always ask someone for their reviews um, or Absolutely. see what other people are saying about them. Oh, yeah. And, you know, as I've seen Chelsea perform and do so many diagnoses diagnosis Mm -hmm. anyway plural um just seeing it like you will get a full outline so if somebody is saying like oh i can't do this until like a grand later to do x y or z like maybe kind of ask why because watching chelsea do it and like basically see her send a full report to the individual like it's very different and yeah once again i'm sorry that you experienced that kind of stuff because that is be aware of that going on out there yeah. Yeah. And really quickly, cause I know you want to share the story. Um, uh-huh. you know, we, as people who are diagnosing this need to do our own divination on it because sometimes it could just be someone's mental health. And like, don't think for one second, that's not the first question I ask before I go ahead and start performing these things. Um, because you know, some, sometimes like stress and everything, like we just said, it's not always paranormal. So, um, yeah, if someone's not giving you a full report on everything they're receiving, what kind of divination they did, um, what experience they have, it's a no-go. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, Ted, you have one last story for us, don't you? And then we're going to, we'll wrap up the episode. Yes. And we have a very exciting announcement at the end too, because Chelsea and I have been busy, busy bees and it is only the beginning of January. We've got a lot coming out. I was going to ask you, I, sh- I was going to text you. I don't have my phone. If we should announce what we're working on, but we should, because this, this episode uh, is coming out at the end of January. So we, we have to tell, we have to tell all the girls what we've been up we to. Do. What are the girls doing? Yeah. Anywho, so this story actually is something that I was told as like a child or something, like very, very young. I can't give you an age, but mm-hmm. it came from my dad. And I know a lot of people out there, superstitions, um, familial kind of like traditions or practices throughout the continental US mm-hmm. and I'm sure elsewhere as well. Uh, they all, a lot of us share this like innate fear of like hearing a whistle at night when you're like alone and everything. And yeah. I have no idea why that is. So if you know why, if you have a certain, you know, practice tradition, anything, it was passed down to you for some reason, please shoot us an email. I'm really, really interested in learning it about like why certain folklore like travels and all of that kind of stuff. So this story is actually from a book that my dad had as a kid. And my dad is in his sixties. And let me see if I can get a this copyright is from 1959 and this is a ghost story book about mm-hmm. it. So this is entitled the whistle. And when I tell you this story, one still has my dad in a chokehold that he is terrified of. And two has me also in a 
scared shitless chokehold. I hope to scare everybody. So here we go. It is entitled The Whistle. On a small isolated farm in South Carolina, an old woman lived alone with her dog. One night, as she was going about her chores, she became conscious of an odd whistling sound somewhere outside. It seemed to surround the house, but did not sound like a high wind in the pines, noises of nature, or a human whistle. It was very strange. Curious, she went to the farmhouse door. As she did, she noticed that her small terrier was barking and howling on the back porch. This porch, which was enclosed, made a dark and snug haven for the pup. She opened the door, wavering and the wavering and high-pitched whistle seemed to be coming toward the house from across the hills. Yet it was hard to locate the like it would as a chirp of a cricket. It must be some of the local youngsters trying to frighten her, she thought, but shut and bolted the door and hastily returned to, to get her late husband's revolver just in case. That's the first thing the girls do is they grab the revolver and say, who's there? <laughs> knock, knock. Who is it? Me. Revolver. Me. <laughs> she returned to the door to await whatever might be going to happen yet. Next. The dog stayed on the porch for if it were just pranksters, his barking would frighten them away. And if you listen to last week's episode, <laughs> we love it. The whistle came nearer, although the old woman could see nothing. Then it seemed to turn, pass slowly around the house and approach the porch where the now hysterical terrier was almost beside himself with excitement. Soon there was a terrific outcry and the sounds of struggle on the back porch. Then silence, as complete as it was terrifying. The lady alone in the stillness shook with fright. She did not dare go out to the porch, and eventually she went to bed. The next morning she investigated. The, the dog was gone. What had exactly taken place? The whistle had stopped when the struggle began. But what was it that had caused the little dog to go? What happened to him? Nobody ever found out. This is, I hate this story. <laughs> Not the dog. The dog was the protector. I thought she was going to go. See, no, I don't like that story at all, Ten. That that was boot not not boo to you but boo to that story not the dog not the dog i've also seen another rendition of a story concerning a whistle where it is a, another individual with it's always a dog as well that they're walking about and basically the dog is losing its mind kind of deal and then the dog gets off leash and bounds towards the sound and the owner is like besides themselves being like oh what do i do they wait and then they hear a struggle going on. And then all of a sudden they see their dog run out of wherever they had gone, but like completely like white, like they had just seen something they never should have ever seen. You know what? I'm mad at that lady in that story. Bring your dog in the house. Yeah. You had the, you had your late husband's revolver. Bring your dog in the house. What the hell? That made me really sad. Like I have like a pit in my stomach. I didn't like that one. <laughs> Like it's it. the whistle man and i cannot hear whistles outside at night all mm -mm. i ain't gonna go investigate it i'm not scooby-doo you know it's where i never grew up with like that superstition but like i said when i started scrolling online like over the past few years um people in appalachia talk about that all the time like how they can't go outside at certain times of night um mm -hmm. i told you I'm, I'm scared of appalachia like i i said in an episode i googled one time how far away from appalachia was i because i had been 
up all night in my bed scrolling on Appalachia ghost story TikTok. Like, what's wrong with you, Chelsea? And I don't deal well with fright like this. Like that story I didn't like scared me. But I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It it is to me when something is just like a collective wide thing, like Malocchio or Evil Eye, like it's like it has to be real, right? That's how I feel about the Yeti, you know? <laughs> that you know ancients were even talking about you know sirens and everything like they're i don't know i don't know man but that also travels down to like a lot of islands like when you go to the caribbean and jamaica and things like that they talk about mermaids as well like they're terrified of them yeah like the old lady in the village will come out and tell you like do not go in that ocean with anything shiny on your body the mermaid's gonna take you Mm -mm. pass oh i don't know like i said when i went to that museum with my parents um they were like, it was a vampire museum with like Catholic paraphernalia. And they couldn't believe that so many people believed in vampires in the ancient world. I'm like, yeah. Hello, mom and dad. Why don't you listen to our episode on vampires? Well, that's how I knew my mom didn't listen to that podcast. Cause I was like, I caught, I was like, you don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> no, it was wow, that episode. Wow, but I'm wow. like, I, this, this podcast is for people of very refined, superb taste we're spookiness. So I, I get that. Not everyone likes it. Likes it. It's too scary <laughs> or taboo, but I'm like, I was like, well, you should listen to our episode. Anyway. Yes. Should we talk but- about the exciting announcement for the girls? I think we should. Like, I wish we had like a fun little soundboard or like a drum roll. I could go get my recorder or pan flute. Like, <laughs> you know, we, while we are a refined podcast, we have not crossed over into that refined territory yet where we could just drop in, insert a sound. <laughs> no, no, no. Insert sound here. <laughs> okay. Well, this is something that Ten and I have been working on for quite some time. And, um, we are coming out with bump, <laughs> so we're coming out with a course on Hikate. Yes, you heard that right. We are teaching an entire course from soup to nuts, all the way to mythology, tracing her throughout the Mediterranean. Um, we're talking about her epithets. We're talking about her iconography. Um, is she a handmaiden to Queen Persephone? Um, where can you find her on curse tablets? How, what, what's some of the sites that she was at, like Lagina and things like that. And we're also going to be walking you through at the end, step-by-step I have um, a guided meditation to help you connect to her. And then I'm going to be teaching, we're going to be teaching how you can leave an offering to the goddess and how to celebrate Depnon and what we do. So did I miss anything? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. No. Now that back end is all you of teaching how the how to portion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I, Ten is doing a lot of the uh, historical archaeological fact. And then the second half of the course will be with me. Um, it is a very much joint effort and we are super excited. It is a 101 course. So it's Hikate 101. Mm-hmm. We get tons of questions about her. We're super excited. We're going to be doing more courses as time goes on um, for a lot of the other Greek gods. And we have some fun things on our plate for that. Maybe some ancient magic. We are very excited. We have our own university. It's called Sticks and Bones University, and it will be launching at the beginning of February. And, Mm -hmm. you know, anybody can join to learn. Absolutely. Super, super exciting to be able to teach and make teaching um, accessible for anybody, everybody who just, you know, wants to 
deep dive into, you know, some historical funness about, you know, ancient mythology, um, Greek mythology, goddesses, gods, anything, everything, all of the fun things. So it is going to be very much 101, um, very deep dive into certain aspects, um, a lot of theoretical approaches. And with this course, because you know, we're, we're all, we're all curious little kitty cats out there. We are supplying a very in-depth mm. bibliography with this because who would we be as scholars if we are not producing a great, uh, bibliography? Um, I am not aware how, how long it is right now, but it is going to be very, very in-depth. So please pay attention to that as well. And very, very exciting to just be able to do this and, you know, make it, you know, just accessible in a post COVID world where, you know, everybody wants to learn, but you know, who has money to go back to college right now? Not me. Yeah. And not everyone has access to things that are behind like scholarly paid walls. Like you might want an article that you see about Defnon and you just can't get it because you don't have the access for it, or you're not part of a certain library or school or don't have the money to go ahead and buy a certain book. So yeah, we are really excited. And yeah, the resource list, everyone always asks us, do you have resources? It's like, for what? You know what I mean? There's so many things I could give you a resource on, but yeah, we don't, we don't like keep a bibliography, um, publicly because (laughs) that would be an insane ass. Yeah. Like anyone who says they do that, like God bless, make sure you support them. But (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to have this in our course. So if you're looking for more in-depth reading um, and where we're pulling our sources from, ta-da. Absolutely. Very um, excited to just kind of give everybody what they've been looking for. We're going to be tackling some kind of big concepts, um, going over mistranslations, going over, you know, why are certain things looking this way? And as always, because you guys know we have the Hecate statue in our store. Why is her iconography this way? And why are we not seeing titties out? Yeah, a lot of people like to debate that one online, but you know, we're going through all of it. So if you really are, it, it depends on how well-versed you are in Hecate. I recommend this course for anybody that is interested in worshiping her um, and wants to dive deep. I always say the best way to know the gods is by understanding them and the people who originally worshiped them and why were they being worshiped? So we even are touching upon, you know, is Hecate a mother of witches? Uh, we're going to be talking about the mm-hmm. Strophalos a little bit, you know, that, that sign Hecate's wheel, like what is that all about? And is that something the ancients were using? So that's all behind our course. We're super excited. It's coming out um, the beginning of February. So stay tuned on our social media platforms. Um, we'll let you know when it's available for purchase. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. So beware, classes getting ready to get back in session. Get your notebooks, get your best pencils, get your laptops, get them all. And welcome to Sticks and Bones University. But any final words before we end the spooky journey? No, I'm good. I've I've said everything that I need to say. Protect yourself in divination. That's my last, my last uh, piece of advice. <laughs> Absolutely. So With that being said, uh, we hope you enjoyed this very spooky episode. What are the girls doing? Well, the girls are getting scared and haunting themselves. Uh, That's what the girls are doing over here. The girls are also, of course, obsessed with the Chthonic as always. And because of that, we want to share and spread our own knowledge concerning some of the Greek gods. So whether you are interested in history, mythology, mystery cults, ancient magic, superstition, magic today, anything like that, highly recommend this course. Even if you are just looking for a great theoretical approach of how to study ancient 
history and magic. Highly recommend this. But with that being said, we will see you guys next week on Sticks and Bones. Stay spooky and stay curious. Bye. Bye.